home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. While God created the world, the morning stars sang together. After God delivered Israel through the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam led the people in singing. God destroyed Israel's enemies under King Jehoshaphat while the choir sang. When Jesus was born, the angels sang, and before going to the cross, he sang. God rejoices over us with singing, and one of the only things we know for certain that everyone will be doing in heaven is singing. At New St. Andrews College, we understand that music is not an elective. It is central to our being and identity. We endeavor to train all our students in a joyful and robust musical literacy that will help them shape culture in a Christ-like direction wherever they go. Additionally, we offer the Certificate of Music in conjunction with our bachelor's degree in liberal arts and culture for students who desire extra music training beyond the regular music courses they will take as a part of the core curriculum. In the certificate program, you won't simply appreciate music or listen to it or talk about it. You will do music. You will study it, analyze it, read it, write it, sing it, and play it. You will receive private instruction in your primary instrument as well as secondary lessons in voice, piano, conducting, and other instruments. You will receive a solid foundation in music theory and analysis. You will study music history, church music, and music pedagogy. And when you graduate, you will leave with the ability to sing, play, understand, and steward music in whatever church or community you plant yourself. I'm Dr. David Erb, and this is the Certificate of Music at New St. Andrews College. Hey y'all, welcome to CrossPolitik on the Fight Lab Feast Network, your nightly news Is it good, and Pastor? entertainment mm. and commentary with Pastor Toby Chalk Knox oh, on the Waterboy. I want some coffee. Oh. Hey, where's my coffee? That's good. I, I, guess right I, got, I got mine. Right I got my Latinx coffee. Nope, it was good. It's no, fantastic. It's called a Cuban. Uh, oh. <laughs> I call it Latinx no. coffee. It is mm, what it is. Don't do that. Don't they pronounce it Latinx? See now, don't help him. Don't, don't, now he's gonna. It's Latinx, isn't it? Now he's gonna say Yaman on the end of it. Yaman, wait, wait, wait. You read the ad, and then, okay, I'm going to let you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you that the cup of coffee I'm having right now is amazing. Isn't that cross-politic coffee? Miss, it Miss, is. Miss Haley made yep. it for me. Miss mm. Producer and, Haley. Um, basically, that's all I want to tell you right she now. She is single. It's just that it's, she is single. <laughs> also, you know, if you want to help support my coffee habit, <laughs> you should and join, the, join the Fight Laugh Feast Club. <laughs> go to fightlaughfeast.com today. And... Join the club. You've heard it all before. New year, new year. New year, new you. Who writes these things? Well, that's true for our club portal, too. This year at CrossPolitik, we'll be dropping exclusive content into our club portal that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Some of this content will include a Bible study series, if Neil ever tells me when I can start recording it, passed by me, a special <laughs> with New St. Andrews President Ben Merkel, Ooh, our backstage content, and probably a bunch of stuff that Gabe hasn't told 
me or Knox about. And I hate when that happens. So, real, real facts, real facts. So again, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com, get signed up, become a member today at fightlaughfeast.com. Okay, I, before, before you jump in, oh, okay, I just got to, okay, right. this club membership thing is going to come into play a lot later in, in the show. But I just want to bring that up. We're gonna. There's a reason <laughs> you want to become a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, not just to help support Pastor Toby's coffee habit, but it's actually a benefit for you that you do. Yep. And I'll talk about that Ooh. a little later. Okay, I, mean, I like yeah. that. All right, yeah. all right, man. We forgot one thing yesterday. One but, thing. I just hit the table. I hit, hit the table. table. I hit the table. We back. forgot one thing yesterday. Yesterday was MLK's birthday. We didn't forget one thing. Um, and we forgot to sing uh, "Happy Birthday." Uh, and so I, I, I think we need to sing happy birthday. No, no, we okay. don't, we don't yep. celebrate. All right, here, here we go. Together. Happy birthday to you. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Yep. Uh-huh. Amen. Happy birthday, dear Valley. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Valley? <laughs> so who, who, who are we singing happy birthday to? It was uh, Martin Luther King III's wife. Andrea. They singing, uh, Andrea, they were singing happy birthday to her. He was mm. speaking at the, the National Action Network, and he said, hey, it's someone's birthday today, and we need to sing happy birthday. So everyone, we got to sing happy birthday to uh, Mrs. King. Or, um, That'd be right. You yeah, know, and, Andrea. And, and Andrea. And and they started. He led the. He started the happy birthday, and he <laughs> led it. Well, I, you know and what? then he couldn't remember her name. <laughs> When he got to the, I think he called her Valley. Mm-hmm. So he went. Wait, I don't know what she said. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I saw this this morning, and it's been on my funny bone all day. Just, just, just watch him. Oh I want to make this like my ringtone on my phone or can something. I, can I know? just tell you what you do in these situations? Yeah. You go. All right, everybody, let's sing Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday to. And then you take the mic away. That's it. That's all it. Right, you yes, take the mic away. Good job, y'all. And you just no, but Biden, Biden couldn't. He couldn't help himself. Like, yeah. Oh. Somebody help him. I mean, ever since we talked to Chad yesterday, I, I'm I'm like, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's or it's better than we thought, too. It's worse too. than I yeah. thought. Yeah. That's, I think there's both. I think both those things are true. It's better and worse at the same time. Right? Know. Because, well, think about it. The, the better side of it is that although you're going to just take the conversation there. Let's just go there. Although there were a lot of things that were horrible after slavery and the turn up from the centuries going that way yeah. from slavery. What what the blessings of God for black culture in America, God was being faithful to those people who were being faithful. And the enemy really didn't like it, like yeah. in a lot of ways. Right. And there were things that were being repaired without the federal government repairing yeah. them. That's and right. you saw this. Even with bad guys even with a and lot bad of, people trying to, you know, be make it hate, difficult. hateful and bigoted and prejudiced yeah. or whatever. The voting was absolute nightmare. But, but there the, was a lot of things that were broken. But there were a bunch of people that were like, oh, well, we got God. Right. We'll work it out over time. And the church and the relationships they were that were there. They were getting married. They were having babies. They were, having, they were, they were baptizing, baptizing their babies. Their I haven't played that in so long. I'm just going to go. You know, where is it? He's go baptize your kids. There we you go. have children. I don't want you guys right. to forget. Yeah. Uh, and so, there, but so when I yeah. saw that, I was like, wow, the enemy really wanted to dampen yeah. that type of thing, of, of yeah. those kind of blessings. And I, mean, I mean, Black Wall Street. Black Wall exactly. I mean, have I ever, mentioned, have I I ever mentioned Black Wall Street? I don't Street know if we've ever talked about <laughs> you know, it on the show. I really before. think you should give it some more consideration than Pastor you usually me. do. I'm so proud of you right now. Um, but I mean, that was God's blessing. It was. Yeah. That was, it that, was. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. And that's in the face of. Hardships and difficulties and hatred and bigotry and so, all these things and 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 then you know Gabe's you know favorite Reagan quote we're yeah. here from the government yeah, yeah. yeah. we're here to help you yeah. yeah 
Oh, yeah. thank you. And, and but that but that's like and, get off my lawn. An MLK, and I got my AR-15 walking you out. Yeah, but but, for, but we took the bait. Yeah, for some, for me, I have apparently some, we took the bait. Sure well, and it took time before it finally. Did. But because of where we were and what we were coming out of, and where we currently are and what we're facing, it gives me a lot of hope to say this is nothing compared to what we've had to go through before. Yeah. When a people who are called by His name humble themselves and pray, turn yeah. from their sin, yeah. we can see that you know, type of transformation and, again when we trust in Christ for it, it. And, it's, yeah, and, and not and, the government. And it strikes me that we 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 all took the bait. We everybody yeah. Guil- yeah. together Guil- guilty white people, <laughs> yeah. uh, That's right. you know. Um, Come on now, uh, you know I don't guilty black people, angry white people, yeah, angry yeah. black people. You know, federal government <laughs> save us. Yeah. That's right. Save us. Give us more money. Redistribute, redistribute incomes. Give yeah. us justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, take away our guilt. Well, I think take away our, you know yeah. take away our shame for yeah. for bad things that our parents yeah. and our grandparents did. Well, it, 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 it struck me this this week or reading Jeremiah twenty nine and where the play's the same. Whether you're in slavery in Babylon, or whether you're in slavery in 1860, or whether you're in a free nation, Jeremiah says, "Hey, do good in that city and go have babies." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the play. Yeah, yeah. build build houses, plant get married, gardens, get married, yeah. have children, yeah, and that's the play. Whether you're yeah. free or not, go baptize your and kids that's, if you have And that's children. what was happening with the, with the black but, community. And, and, and God blesses that. And that's when right. you do that, you're looking to God for the blessing. That's you're right. looking Him for the provision, for Him for the deliverance, and He delivers His people. Come on now, but. But we, over and over again, mm-hmm. we we look to pharaohs. We, oh we, man, we look we That's look right. we look to the we look to Nebuchadnezzar. We look yeah. we look to the government. What pharaoh are you looking to right now? We, yeah, yeah, we we want a king like the nations. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and and like Samuel said, look, you can have a king, but he's going to oppress you. He's, he's yeah. it's going to be hard, and it's going to be difficult, and that's. But it seems like that's what we did. Have we ever talked about the story of Uncle Nearest, Uncle, Uncle Nearest, or um, Nearest? Green? I think we've mentioned it. On I think we talked. About I don't it. know, but I know I got Uncle Nearest whiskey from yeah. you for Christmas. Man, that was just, that's that, that was so good. I shared it with too many friends, you, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I got. I, I didn't share that with anybody. Man, it's still yes. in my it's still in it's, my cabinet. It's good. And I've been sipping on it. Here's the deal: you have to share it to talk about the story of because yeah. the story yeah. is beautiful and it's one that's been lost. So you have Nearest Green, who grew up in Virginia. He was a slave. Um, and he was a slave. And then you had this other guy who was a kid without a father that got bought into this family on the same plantation. And this kid would always see this um, whiskey uh, place, you know, smoking and stuff going on there. Like, what's going on? And he would be so interested in this place. And so he would go over there to this place and hang out with this guy called Uncle Nearest. And Uncle Nearest taught this kid how to do bourbon. Right, mm. how to do whiskey and taught them the filtration That's process. That's discipleship, right? And, there. Right, and so yes, this, sir. And, and, <laughs> Disciple me, please. And so this kid learns this craft and this skill from Uncle Nearest, becomes very dear friends. You can probably see this child that doesn't have a father yeah. finding yeah. in Uncle Nearest the relationship that bonds there. This kid grows up to be Jack Daniels, huh. <laughs> and this ja- and Jack Daniels. After he goes and starts his his process, goes and gets Uncle Nearest to be a part of his uh, whiskey place. And Uncle Nearest is the first, you know, he's the first guy leading the first black man leading the charge and creating the one of the finest whiskeys, yeah, right? Bourbons. Right, right. And and they had a bond and relationship for generations of the Greens and the the Daniels working together and just a wonderful cultivation of culture there. I think it was Lynchburg, Virginia. And so Put that relationship there on the side. Years, 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 years later, there's a lot of people that find out about Uncle Nearest from Jack Daniels. Like, oh, Jack Daniels must have been horrible and was a horrible guy to, to Nearest. 
Come to find out, they had a wonderful relationship, yeah, right. wonderful family um, bonding between the generations. And as they go to resurrect this idea of Uncle Nearest, they find out that that wasn't just Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest. It was the whole community that by the time people were talking about desegreg or segregation, they were like, well, why? Yeah. You know, like we're all, we're, we're all friends and family. Why would we segregate from each other? And so they were looking for a lot. They were reading back into history, this kind of racial yeah. tension and culture that was never there because yeah. of the working relationships yeah. that happened mm -hmm. way, way back Beautiful. when there were yeah. plantations. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That a lot of them were shocked yeah. at this as they were trying to understand it and said, maybe things were a little different. So when they started desegregating, a lot of the people in Lynchburg said, we don't understand. We play together before we go to school and then we separate and then we come back and play together afterwards. They just never bought into the idea. Right. And so the relationships were much different than a lot of the other people in the North were trying to push on this environment. Now, I said that story to say this story. So that's Uncle Nearest's story. It's a beautiful story. You it gotta, is. And there's a great little like 10-minute video narrated by, a, uh, I forget the actor's name, really good actor. Um, uh, Jeffrey. Um, so, you'd I, like it. Yeah. Google the video. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is yeah. the actor okay. who, who does yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. You just search Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Wright. He talks. Cool about thing. the whole okay. story and yeah. the creative there's a lady who is um the, the, one of the children of uncle nearest is part of making this new okay. brew mm -hmm. um but in my own family and story i talked i think i've said this before i talked to my grandma great sharon's great sharon's grandmother and asked her about her life she's in her 80s at the time and we wanted to get a video of everything that she had gone through and she comes from the deep south born in 1939 mm -hmm. um and she's in florida and so we wanted to hear her story and pass it on from generations and I'm hearing her story. And by the time she gets to her 50s, she's moving to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop her in the middle of the story. I was like, Grandma, wait a second. I've heard you tell us your whole story from growing up without running water, living in the backwoods, all this stuff. And I've never heard you talk one moment about racism and prejudice and, and all this stuff bumping into you. And you just wasn't coming up in your story. Right. Why haven't you right. brought that to the forefront right. yeah. Yeah. to communicate? And I remember her saying, baby, they weren't going to do anything to stop me. <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking, like, for her, they weren't even an obstacle uh -huh. that was worthy of communicating to her great grands and who anybody yeah, else. Yeah, right. You know, and it was like the mentality that she had. Yeah, just versus me. our pronoun snowflakes. Ver yeah, versus yeah. so many everybody yeah. people's like, well, you can't come here, you can't go there. She's living in segregation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm still going to do whatever it is I want to do and got to do. Right. And there wasn't always that kind of relationship everywhere. Right. And it was just interesting that the way that we've gone back and retrofit, retrofit history yeah, yeah. <laughs> from what we thought it was mm -hmm. or from the moral imagination that's being created for us, it really wasn't that at all. Right. And so that's what's so good about talking with Chad is that, yeah. oh, there's a lot more to this story, kind of like Proverbs. One first comes and tell their story and you think that's what it is until another comes and corrects yeah, them. Until, right, you're right. like, oh, there's way more. And we have, need to have that attitude about yeah, this. Yeah, we need to go back and just read our history. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, right. I mean, we need to Broadly, know our, too. Yeah, we need to, and don't, don't take, I mean, basically, like, you know, the stuff that's getting published now, like, even, you, know, you just can't trust it. You just, yeah. You're just like, you know, it's it's all got spin. It's all got agenda. Yeah. And we really need to go back and, and we need to listen to, to our fathers and yeah. our grandfathers and our grandmothers. That's and, right. And, that's uh, right. And, and let them tell us how it was. Well, what's undone so much of this is our public education system. Yeah. So here in Idaho, um, we're actually... <laughs> Ain't that the, you know what? It's so funny. Everybody who's listened to yesterday's show is like, yeah. "How come we weren't taught this?" I, I was public school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How we come had we, a lot of comments back. Like, how I, come? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, um, yes, exactly. So, right. so, anyways, here in here in Idaho, we actually got some good conservative legislators that that ended up in in the House and the Senate here in Idaho. Praise God. And they're starting to 
push some good things. And one of the things that's kind of on the docket is some form of, you know, school voucher or some sort of, you know, money following the student kind of legislation. Yeah. Um, our, our Idaho state superintendent um, is actually, she's Republican. Um, and we had two superintendents run against one. One I liked the other, this, the one that actually won was kind of a rhino and I wasn't that excited about her. Uh, but anyways, here's, Here's some comments that she made, I think it was yesterday, regarding this debate on public funds and private schools. I am not prepared to be an advocate for public funds going to private schools. That does not take away from a parent's ability to choose to send their child to a private school. Huh. So So our state superintendent is not for taking public funds to private schools. But uh, we'll actually – we'll play another clip here in a second. But there's just – so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> public universities, private universities. I mean, you can think of all these. There's many examples of private funds. Are going, you done? Public funds going to private. He's yes, dead. Toby. I'll let you have it. Public funds? Those are my money. Yeah, right. Yeah. She talk, she's talking about you. She's, she's talking about our money. She, yeah. 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 She's right. like, that's not her money. It's not public money. It's, yeah. it's my money. It's taxpayer yeah. money. Yeah, that's right. um, so, so she says. I'm, no, but she puts it in that category. I, it removes it from your responsibility. Yeah, but that's a lie. Yeah, that's 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 propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what what you know what she's saying is I am not prepared to take taxpayer money and allow them to decide to use their money yep. mm-hmm. to educate their mm-hmm. children. Come on now. the mm-hmm. way they want to mm-hmm. educate them. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you know, blah 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 yep. blah blah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. But you but she can take your money. She's a good massa, and let them and they can decide what to do with your money, right? Right without you. So that's apparently. All right, and, and and then she says, and then she actually follows up. So this is the kind of the same thought process. She's explaining some things here, uh, and, and she goes on further to say this. We are able to satisfy a, a number of parental decisions through tax dollars. And, and her statement was, we've got a lot of existing programs in place that many times we keep trying to come up with another way to satisfy that, you know, that same problem. And this is a topic where I think we do have a number of ways that we're able to identify that. Now, I may not be philosophically on the same place as someone else that all of the money um, would would go. Um, I have some things that are important to me, accountability, uh, transparency. I think those are the expectations that we all have when it comes to the to the public realm. I think that that should apply um, to the private as well. Whoa, 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 whoa. So listen. Did you just hear what she so, said? Wait, 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 so wait, 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 let me wait, just remind everybody: this is in the same thought process, okay? The same stream of thought that she just said about public funds not following private schools. Right, right. Go ahead. I just want to make sure, make that connection. Go. No, you're good. Go ahead. That was it. That was it. That's what you're gonna say. I was gonna say like what he said. Oh, so oh, all right. I just, wait, wait, wait. But I, I, I don't know what you guys are saying. Well, no, okay. I'm like I'm slow. You guys like, 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 like you're like an old married couple, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I don't know what we're fighting about. So it's okay to take your money, and then to not give it to private institutions, right? And say you can send your kids over there, but we're still going to take your money and send other people's kids to, to public schools, public schools. Public schools. On your, on your and dime. pay for them on your dime, right? But I want to control. The, some of the transparency accountability on the private institutions. Yeah. So they want control over the private yeah, institutions no without the money. Now I yeah. don't want them to have control over any of it, yeah. well, <laughs> but it's interesting that that's yeah. still the way she's thinking about this. Well, and, and what's interesting is, is that even though she's not ready to allow public funds to go fund private schools, a whole bunch of, I think not very 
thoughtful other Republicans would just jump on a bandwagon and say, I think all that public funding, public funding, yeah, right, right. should go to private schools. Yep. And then that's only going to bolster her point. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Because as soon as you start taking the federal yeah. dollars, yeah. then why can't the accountability and transparency is really going to come? Tripology. Don't we need to have accountability and really transparency? Right. But right. she's I mean, already asking for it without the money. Imagine what happens when she gets exactly. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and this is something that again. I, now on the one hand, I want to break the public school monopoly with yeah. all my heart. Uh-huh. All I want for Christmas <laughs> is a broken public school monopoly. Yeah, that's right. what I want. Right. Okay, um, because the the public school government you better be a really good boy this next year. Mo- monopoly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this. I, I am convinced. I mean, next to the complete spineless cowardice effeminacy of the of the modern evangelical church. Yep. I think the next best, most poisonous thing in this country mm. is Marxist. Uh, the Marxist schools. Mm. I feel God right there. I, that's what those are. Mm. Yeah. Government yep. schools. Are Marxist mm-hmm. schools? That's they're that you cannot. That's what they yeah. are. And and Republicans, the idiots that they are, yeah. pump billions of dollars into them and promise to keep funding them mm-hmm. because they want Marxism. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that and, should really scare us. And, and so, yeah. but but mm-hmm. that but so mm-hmm. I want to break that with all my heart. Yeah, and and I think. There's probably a play here because there is a massive push right now because a bunch of people are getting sick and tired of the disgusting sex ed programs in the public schools and the Marxism in the public schools and the, you know, ESG and DEI and all the all Mm -hmm. the nonsense going and CRT and all the other pagan acronyms going on in the public schools. And so there's, you know, the the, the meetings are getting more and more exciting, as they say. Um, And so I think there's a momentum here that I want to capitalize on. But I think we have to be so careful because if you just simply say, all right, now start diverting public funds into private schools. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a setup for that very thing that this superintendent just said, that we need to have transparency and accountability. Mm -hmm. And what's to stop, you know, again, Republicans are great at starting things that the Democrats capitalize on. Yeah, that's right. right, You know, so transparency and accountability, and the Republicans say, well, we just mean common sense. And then the Democrats get into power five years later, 10 years later, and say, Mm -hmm. yes, and by common sense, we mean drag queens, and, you know, pornographic right. um, sex ed curriculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if your school is teaching um, traditional Christian marriage, uh, that that your gender identity or sexual identity is established by God at, at creation and at conception, mm-hmm. um, that is bigotry, backward racism, white nationalism, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that is clearly not acceptable. And, and, then, and there's all kinds of ways. Either the private institutions, they get, um, they get hooked – Yep. On on the meth money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the government meth money. And now they got to have it. And so they compromise, which is what most higher education has happened with colleges. Yep. And just ask Canada, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or um, if they if they have the, the, the guts and the backbone to say, well, then then keep your stupid money. The institution is going to collapse because, I mean, how many students were paying tuition uh, based mm-hmm. on those public dollars, mm-hmm. quote unquote public dollars that they now yank out from underneath you. Uh, so I, I think there's probably a play to be made here, but I'm, I am, and this is an honest question. I'd love to hear from audience members and people who are listening to this discussion and thinking about this. How are you going to break the monopoly? Let's use yeah. the momentum. I yeah. think we should, but how are we going to do it and protect these private schools? Yeah. Um, how, how are we going to do it? I've, I've heard some ideas, but yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, and I, and I don't know how, possible that is once you start giving money through public means the the one idea that i've had one guy suggest to me is that 
if you if if funds begin becoming available, use the funds um, merely to like purchase facilities and one-time purchases. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. once it's gone, it's, it's gone, gone. Yeah. but you're yeah. not building it into your budget. Interesting. That's one idea yeah. that I think is worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem is I think you got to see this as a drug. I, that's the thing. And I don't think that, I don't think that we have the willpower to resist the temptation yeah. of it. And so no, it, yeah. there's, there's mm-hmm. something, yeah. uh, the idea is one thing, right. because what Republicans tend to do is they tend to have every hit they think is a home run. And so they don't run the bases when they actually just hit a deep right. ball, right? right. Like yeah. they, they need to hit yeah. this one and start running. I mean, and so again, I, I just think that for us, it's more of what is the end goal? And we need mm-hmm. to beat that and teach that into our people before we even start the play, because otherwise we hit the ball and we think, Oh, it's right. over. And nobody, and, no, and, it's and, not. and nobody's, we're not being educated. Exactly. Nobody's, everybody's just thinking, is, I just want to have school choice. This is mm-hmm. why I think it's hard for us to run the play because the play we think is school choice. When the play is actually way beyond yeah, school choice. Right, yeah. And we don't, and if we talk to people, they don't have an idea what that looks like past the, right. that. All right, yeah. let me read this out, and then you can do yeah, the yeah. next right. story, Gabe. Um, the mission of Armed Republic yes. is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there's no king but Christ. Actually, that's the truth for the whole world. We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. We create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he has bestowed on us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you these tools. Visit them at AR, the number 500, AR500armor.com and buy some body armor today. Mm. So we're still talking public education here in Idaho because we're a conservative state. We're a red state, right? We're supposed to be, you know, Republican. You know, keep Idaho red. In name right? only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in name yeah. only. And, and But in any of your states, all you have to do is, is just scratch the surface of public education, right. and you'll find all sorts of trash and curriculum that's being taught to the students in the public school system. That's some imagery. I just thought about scratching, scratch and sniff, and then yeah. you're so excited yep. about the smell, and, yeah. it's, and it's trash. It's stanky. Yeah. It's a stanky yeah. smell. Yeah. You just scratch it just a little bit. You're like, Thank oh, yeah. how do I unscratch that? So that's how it's going to be. <laughs> that's yeah. how it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. How do I unscratch that? Rotten you know, you can't. eggs. Um, and so uh, in our it just came out. IFF um, uh, just just reported on Idaho um, Freedom Foundation. Yeah, Idaho Freedom Foundation just reported on this uh, in our public school district here in Moscow. They are um, showing pornographic um, light videos to eighth graders, uh, showing them how to put on condoms. Um, and this is, but what's crazy about this is that um, Trojan, the private company Trojan Condoms, is the one who creates these videos that ah. public schools use. For sex education curriculum here in Idaho. And so here, Idaho, our our little Moscow Junior High is showing, you know, Trojan videos on how to wear condoms to their kids through this kind of, you know, um, cartoon kind of sex education kind of video. The problem. This this is my shocked face. Yeah, yeah. Not not shocked. (laughs) Um, But what's also kind of funny on this, this goes back to, you know, we are a conservative state. There's still some remnant of funny conservatism still here. It's actually illegal to see, teach sex education that is not reaffirming traditional family values. Yeah. Illegal. Title, title 33, section, uh, chapter 16 here, uh, uh, section 1608 in AB, it says family life and sex education legislation. Um, the, the legislator of the state of Idaho believes that the primary responsibility for family life and sex education, including moral responsibility, rests upon the home and the church. <laughs> 
And the school, Go Idaho. And, and the school's Actually, there. Actually, this to, is my shock face. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it says that in the yep. Idaho code? Yes. Major emphasis, section A, major emphasis in such a program should be to assist the home in giving them the knowledge with appreciation of the important place the family holds in, on, in the social system of our culture. It's place in the family and the responsibility which will be there much later than they establish their own families. Then it goes on to say, the program should supplement the work in the home and the church in giving the youth the scientific physiological information for understanding sex and its relation to the miracle of life, mm. including the knowledge of the power of sex drive and the necessity for controlling that drive by self-discipline. Doesn't it contradict Controlling the- that drive is like... It's like no LGBT uh, lust uh, out of here. Get them all. And then it says all this is geared towards teaching. Um, it actually uses a uh, uh, male pronoun teaching him now and later when he chooses a mate and establishes his own family. There is some so there. Hilarious. Wow. There is something very glorious about that. And at the same time, I, I think it denies its own principles. Yeah. So if the idea is to hold to the family values and Christian ultimately Christian values, what they're getting at, then it would reject the idea of the government schools teaching sex education anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. By the, because that's a, yeah. a responsibility and duty of yeah. the family to yeah. engage in that kind of but idea. But that camel's nose is to assist. So they, I, they, they got that assist well, word in there. Well, and, 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 but it's striking, at least in one of the videos, I was reading about this earlier. Yeah. Um, the video actually says, your parents are a tr- are one trusted resource, but your doctor is your most trusted resource. No way. Yes. That was from the Idaho Family, uh, Freedom Foundation. I missed that in the, in the, in the, in the write-up. Yeah. Uh, so the, w- at least one of the videos says that your doc and, it, and it's, it's, it's telling them they can go to their doctor to get um, uh, contraceptives, yep. uh, abortifacient pills, a yep. plan B type okay. stuff. Yep. And it says you can go to your doctor and you can get these things without your parents' knowledge. Wow. Um, because while your parents are a trusted source, your doctor is the most trusted source. This Incredible. Is, this is this so. I mean, I mean, I agree with you, Knox. I mean, we got. A, I mean, again, we 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 stumbled. Uh, Idaho, I think, really stumbled when they wrote into the Constitution that yeah. we needed to provide public education. Yeah. Um. That you know that that was our that was our first playing footsie with Marxism. Yeah. A hundred plus years ago. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. I, mean, I mean, the whole idea of yeah, government schools is. Is Marxism that communism? Why the again? I, I like that. I like what they're doing, but that in itself is a sign of the abdication of the parent already. Yeah, that's really abdication, yeah. dereliction of duty. And the church. And well, where was it? The church should have been calling that out. And what this, do you mean? But this, you got to remember, some of this happens because of the abdication of the duty of parents. You yeah. know, when parents are neglecting to do the things that they're supposed to do, it's not like it doesn't happen. The way that God has made the world, something comes in to fill that yeah. void. And so they're trying the best. The role they can. is always going to be filled. I, and so one sense, you yeah. got to give them a hand for like, okay, we're having this problem with parents and kids. We want to come back and support parents. How do we do that? We don't know how to do that really well, but let's do it like this. So we get push the responsibility that mm-hmm. way. But when you have that, you've already failed, right? You, you got to understand that. And so if you know the TV show, Bluey, have you seen that TV show? Australian, Australian Australian TV show. It's a great show. Yeah. It really is. But Bluey exists because the Australian government saw back early 2000s, there was a mm-hmm. problem with the parenting that was happening in their country. And because of the parent, the way the parents were teaching their kids, they're like, we got to do something <laughs> to help 
parents become better parents for children so we can have better citizens in our country. And what they did was create a TV wow. show called Bluey. And Bluey is one of the probably one of the most popular kids shows out there. And it's just trying to get fathers to not beat their kids, but to love their kids, spend time with their kids, <laughs> oh my raise goodness. their kids, oh right? Love playing with their kids. And the show is like, and so everybody, when you watch the show, you look at it and you're like, I'm not as good as a dad as mm-hmm. Bluey's dad. I want to be Bluey's dad. And so that's what it does. And it encourages to do that way. But they're trying to fill a void that parents have not worked hard to do and because Mm -hmm. of that now the government is making shows on (laughs) how to get parents they've become the church and they've become the parent and they're trying to disciple that's all this is what we have abdicated so much responsibility on the issues of sex and the nature of god i mean when you think about it if you grow up on a farm this is not an odd question this is not a no, weird question. No, you're no. seeing it in nature. You're no. talking about it with your kids. And and then your kids are seeing the relationship between you and your wife. That's mm-hmm. not something that's yucky, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you get to disciple your kids in this way. I remember my mom being a registered nurse taught me so much about, it's even at a young age, uh, my re- sexual reproductive, re- reproductive yep. organs and yep. penis and vagina and how those things work together. Mm-hmm. That when other people came to tell me and talk to me about things or uh, engage them oddly, I had a standard to say, no, no, that's not what that's for. This is what it's for. And it's beautiful. And then marriage and all. And and I understood those things can operate those things. So I didn't have to get taught by the world those things. And when you are taught by your parents, those things, it gives you a whole different. uh, It teaches you rightly, disciples you rightly on how you need to uh, work with those uh, those things. Discipline yourself. Learn what's going to happen to your body. And as a mature person, how to use your body to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when we parents forget that, then we're going to have to create things yeah. like like what's in our, yeah. as good as it is, the things in our law or a TV show like Blue It because we've abdicated responsibility mm-hmm. and we need to get that back. Okay. I got, there's one more clip that I want to play. We're going to say. You want to go there? Yep. You got time, right? I got 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Ooh, Perfect. Can we, can we get Let's this do in 10 it. Minutes? It's just 10 minutes. Okay. okay. There's this clip from Tucker Carlson that. It's a four minute clip. It's a four minute clip. And yeah. so, but it's it's worth every bit of four minutes. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of commentary to give to this clip. It's just one of those things that you need to be aware of. You need a of. flag. Yeah. And then there's a point that I want to say after this. So it'll be like okay. six minutes, we'll be okay. done. Sure. All right. Uh, play the clip from Tucker Carlson. It's a really interesting story. So, five days ago, last Wednesday, the FAA ordered a ground stop on all air travel in the U.S. That meant that not a single commercial or private aircraft was allowed in the skies over this country. That's very serious. Hard to overstate the seriousness of that, actually. The last, the only other time this country has imposed a national ground stop was after 9-11, the terror attacks, 21 years ago. So it's a huge deal. What happened? Why did the government ground all the planes? So people ask, but initially no one seems to know. Pete Buttigieg, who runs the Transportation Department, which oversees the FAA, went on TV to say he was not quite sure. Surprise! And then over the next several hours, a kind of story emerged. The government system that sends messages to pilots, called NOTAM, had gone down. And then the emergency backup system had also gone down. Now, the FAA claimed it first noticed this on Tuesday night. When the problem could not be fixed, the government issued a ground stop the next morning. That's what Pete Buttigieg said. He described the culprit here as, quote, a damaged database file with no evidence of a cyber attack. So to repeat, said Pete Buttigieg, there was no evidence of a cyber attack. It was just your garden variety software snafu. Some contractor entered the wrong code. No big deal. That's what they said. But it was not a very convincing story if you thought about it. Shutting down all commercial air travel in this country, even for a morning, is a very serious thing to do. 
U.S. airlines haul close to three quarters of a billion people every year. Air travel is essential. It's also potentially dangerous. So for a lot of reasons, it is imperative that our system works perfectly. But one day, our system just shut down for no real reason. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, explained Pete Buttigieg with a straight face. Now, most people seem to think this was fine. We were not entirely convinced. And then the next day, last Thursday, we noticed that virtually the same thing happened in Canada. I did not know that. Well, that was very strange because the U.S. and Canada have separate aviation authorities. They're different countries, and each country uses its own software to route their planes. The systems are not linked to each other. And yet, 24 hours after our country's NOTAM system went down, Canada's NOTAM system went down also. According to the Canadian government, its system, quote, experienced an outage. Really? What are the odds of that? <laughs> and then we remembered that on New Year's Day, two weeks ago, something similar happened in the Philippines. Its air traffic control system also went down. For a time, no aircraft were allowed in Philippine airspace. Thousands of flights over Asia had to be rerouted, which is expensive and dangerous, potentially. Now, this was also, they told us at the time, some sort of minor technical problem that we should not worry about. Calm down. Everything's fine. But is everything fine? Or is it possible that somebody is hacking into aviation systems and holding various governments around the world hostage until they pay a ransom? Well, yes, it's entirely possible. In fact, for example, in the summer of 2020, UCSF Medical School paid more than a million dollars in Bitcoin, and they paid it in order to get access to their own computers, which had been frozen by hackers. They were held up for ransom. So what if the same people or similar people just did something very much like that to the FAA and then to the government in Canada and also the government of the Philippines? Now, if that were actually happening, the Biden administration would never tell us in a million years. They would lie about it Sad. like they lie about everything else. They would have Mayor Pete claim it was a software glitch from a contractor. <laughs> and they would lie to us because they would not want us to know that they had been so utterly reckless and negligent and distracted by equity concerns that they had allowed some foreign hostile group to take control of our FAA. Wow. But the lie could only cover so much because there would be signs of it. Almost all ransoms like this are paid in Bitcoin. So if the U.S. government was buying huge amounts of Bitcoin in order to pay a ransom, Bitcoin prices would surge, of course. So the question is, has that happened? Oh, yes. It has happened. Since the nationwide ground stop last Thursday, the price of Bitcoin has shot up about 20%. Is that a coincidence? We asked Pete Buttigieg to come on the show tonight to let us know. Unfortunately, he did not respond to our request, so we'll keep asking. Well, it, it shot up. I, my, I'm looking at the Bitcoin stats right now. So when that happened, there's, yeah, there's about a 20% spike. So... I mean, that uh, now the correlation there, you don't have the evidence of it all, but that blew my mind um, on the kind of wow. thought process that Tucker put together. Hmm. Pretty amazing. Well, this is exactly what a free press is supposed to do. They're not, they're asking the right question. Connect the dots. He's, he's yep. thinking through the process and he's asking the right questions to say, hey, we see this going on and we see it happening and yep. we have some suspicions. 
government, can you tell us what in the world is going on? Or are we tripping? Can you come to us right. and let us know this? How you, about some transparency and accountability? Oh, Come on now. Yeah. From, our, from our government. But you get this because of a free press. And I got to tell you, I don't see a whole lot of what Tucker just did on his show operating inside of press back rooms. And yeah, they, they got. Yeah. And so this is what this, I talked about this at the beginning of the show. I would love to see cross politic be That's able right. to have the ability to develop, to have researchers and people to go and out journalists. and journalists yeah. to do real journalism. That's real journalism. Mm, that's right. he's, he's making the case, but he's not settled on it yet. He wants to ask the question, is this what we're seeing? Yeah. Is this mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell the American people what's going on? We are only to, when you have a free press, it tells you what's going on in the world, your relationship to that and how to engage it. And that's why the free press is so important. What we do here at this table, when we talk about things, we're doing our best with everything that we have. And it's because of our club members that we're Mm -hmm. able to even do this. And I'm just saying, imagine being able to support an institution that is able to engage that with the understanding of the gospel and how Christianity works and how the world works with a biblical cosmology. Mm. I mean, it would be on fire to have those type of resources with that type of understanding. And so when, you you know, just think about what. When you're giving, when you're doing things, that's what we're trying to build here. And right. those people who are giving across politics, I just want to say thank you. You're mm-hmm. getting us closer to be able to yep. do things like that because that is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Amen. And I can't wait to be able to do more of that as God blesses us. That's so. right. right. If you're single, get married. And if you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency.